0: Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckle. I'm your host, Carter E. This is episode 74 here. Uh, Jeff and I are in different locations, so I'm sure you'll be able to tell a little bit with some uh, of the sound audio. It's not not as nice when we have to go through the computer, but that's okay. Uh, taping this here uh, Tuesday night around, around 8 p.m. Jeff's just, just getting back from the Carson Damani Ranch baseball game. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit about the uh, Sacramento Media Champions. That was this past weekend that we had some area. Uh, tracking field runners in, um, I feel like we have to talk about the A's a little bit. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I want to, but I feel like we have to, um, I did write a column in this past weekend's uh, Nevada appeal for, uh, anybody, I guess, looking to hear me expand on that. I might expand more on here. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know where that's going to go. Um, we'll see how fired up I get over. Over that, But before we get started, I would like to thank today's title sponsor in Play It Against Sports. They are located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center in Carson City, your best place to go for all your gently used and new sporting equipment needs. You can also find them online at com. Jeff, let's start with this uh, Demonte Ranch Carson baseball game that just wrapped up. It looks like Demonte did most of their damage in two innings, but, but Carson was able to find some ways to make it interesting. Like you said before, we started taping here. They got... Three runs in the top of the seventh to get it within three. You know, it looks like Marcus Montez had a had a pretty solid game as well, uh, coming up a home run short of the cycle. So uh what were you seeing, obviously, uh from behind your camera lens?
1: Damani pitched their their stud and he definitely throws fast. Um and the whole game, Coach Manukian just that's the pitch we want to try to hit. That's the pitch we want to try to hit. And just constantly with every batter that came up. And they started hitting him. And it it rattled him. They kept him in there until the seventh inning. Uh, they pulled him out uh, between innings. And it was it got it got pretty exciting. Um, they definitely were able to swing the bat and and, and get on base, which you know Damani's in second place. And mm-hmm. Carson's in eighth place, so it's just, it's so tight this year with, with you know, the depth of pitching is not what we've seen in, you know, a couple of the last years where you got eight guys on some of these teams, that all pitch. That's not the case anymore, it doesn't seem, so. Um, they just kept chipping away, and, and one of the things he was saying is, you know, five pitches are a base hit. And just to to, rally, to rack up the pitches on the on the on their pitchers, and it worked. Uh, they went through two pitchers in the top of the sixth. Top sorry, top of the seventh inning, and finally we able to close it out. But uh, it definitely got definitely got exciting. So
0: yeah, Rogers, the DeMonte Ranch starter, looks uh, here on Game Changer thrown 105 pitches through those six innings, and then yeah, as soon as they as soon as they yanked him, the first reliever came in and gave up three earned runs and two walks. Uh, so, you know, yeah, jumped jumped right on him, which is exactly what you want in a uh, very, you know, standard mechanical baseball sense of, yeah, chase the starter and let's let's see what kind of damage we can do to the, the bullpen. Like I said, uh, Marcus Montez was three for four. He had four RBIs for Carson. Uh, DeCarlo Quintana and Taylor Boheimer both had an RBI apiece. Uh, Aiden McNabb, Parker Maldonado, and Quinton Beck all threw on the mound. McNabb had uh, four Ks, gave up five hits. Uh, six earned runs. Maldonado was charged for two earned runs, and Quittenbeck was charged for one earned run in two and two-thirds innings there. But uh, Beck came around for three runs. Eaton came around for three runs. Uh, DeCarlo, you know, they've got him... Uh, excuse me, he had, he had the RBI as well. I mis- misread the stat sheet there. But, uh, you know, Carson did a good job of also also drawing walks with, with four walks as well. Um, so something to Continue watching there and yeah, we'll see how, how close this uh, this baseball postseason race gets now that we're coming through the, the second half of, of league play. Um, you never never really know, like you said, and when the when the ceiling's not as high and the floor may not be as low, as we kind of talked about with March Madness, you get a little bit more of the chaos involved and um, I think that's what you <clears throat> what you wanna see in the, the high school sports side of things. Jeff it looks like Coming up for Carson, they go to Bishop Mendoge Friday and then versus Reno Saturday. So that's going to be a, a tough little two-game set uh, for the Senators there. But I imagine they've probably got some confidence after uh, playing two close games in their last two, with the previous one being a 10-7 loss to Galena. Uh, definitely been able to find find a way to get you know bat on the ball and uh, score some runs, which I know is is a big thing for for what they need.
1: On where you're positioning positioning yourself at this. Point. Point in the season you start giving the top teams a little bit of scare and it's going to send a message that you know and that's the thing we've talked about this with every single sport that we talk about every single season you you need to get hot in the playoffs and that's you know you need to get into the dance and then you need to get hot and fingers crossed something might some good might happen yeah. for him
0: Douglas baseball did not play Fernley today. Uh, I saw online that that game was canceled, uh, but Douglas did beat Susanville at home over the weekend, uh, 13 to four there. Thomas young had a home run for Douglas. A bunch of guys, uh, you know, kind of litter all over the stat sheet. Keegan Freeman was uh, the athlete of the week this week. He was three for four with two RBIs and two runs scored there. Um, Jackson Ovard also drove in a pair as well. So uh have you know, a good win for Douglas who threw five different pitchers who all you know were pretty pretty steadfast in what they were able to to allow. So Douglas now at ten and twelve, I believe they're sitting right around that five spot in the uh, league standings there. Um, but of course, be remiss to not talk about Douglas softball, which you know hasn't played as of late. They get that that spring break off, but boy, they're cruising through five uh, A North league play. We're hoping to get some. Uh, of Douglas softball coaches on the on the pod here uh, coming up coming up soon, so we'll see. See when exactly that is, but uh, you know, mark mark it down on your calendars. There might be a might be a, an interview there coming soon. They've won twelve in a row now. Uh, they're outscoring opponents in <laughs> the regular season this year something like one hundred and eighty to fifty three. Uh, it's truly truly kind of insane. Uh, just the the run differential they're putting up and the. Not only what they're seeing at the plate, but what their pitching staff um, has done. Their last last two wins, which I know we've talked about since then, because they haven't played in ten days. But a twenty-two nothing and a sixteen-one win over Reno. Douglas's last loss was March thirty-first against Stutter. So been twenty-five days since that that last loss, and um, you know, twelve games. They will go to Galena this Saturday, but first they will take on Themoni Ranch at home Thursday. Uh, so look for look for something in Saturday's paper about about the. I guess I wouldn't. I mean the, the repeat of Douglas softball right now is what it, is what it looks like for Northern 5A champions. I mean I'm sure they won't say anything to that effect and get too far ahead of themselves, but that's surely the the way it's shaping up right now. Spanish Springs is in second. Uh, they do have a couple wins over Douglas this year, but Douglas also has returned the favor there as well. I imagine. That's probably your your front runner for um, regional the regional final game, regional championship. But as you said, you get into some of these these tournament games, especially when you're playing multiple games on the same day, and you just never never really know what might might show up there. Um, so, Douglas Tigers softball fans have have a lot a lot to look forward to here as the the regular season winds down. Uh, Carson softball got a win over Dayton at the end of last week, and then dropped their uh last five games between Damani, Spanish Springs, and Reed. Those Reed losses came tonight by eleven to one and six to nine finals there. But uh Reed also another solid team in the Northern five A um from the last last time I looked. We'll see what they have left on uh on the docket for for Carson, but they've they've found some their the bats have really found some ways to go. I know they're kind of mixing and matching with some J V players as well that are getting getting called up into the mix, but you know, consistently seeing multiple hits from the likes of, you know, Jasmine Slater, Corn Duran, uh Reese Branham, Keeley Franco, uh, even some other other names kind of mixed and matched in there as uh, as it goes with, you know, the likes of Sadie Giffins or um either of the the staglianos. So it's been um Sophia Morrison as well as another name that's been been getting pretty hot at the plate. So We'll see how Carson's able to finish off the season there. But you know, I I I guess I'm I'm slowly leading into this this A's segment. I I just like I'm trying to not repeat myself from what I put in Saturday's paper, but nothing I've read since then. I mean, there's nobody who's in favor of this. Like it's just it's truly remarkable, other than the two guys in charge of the Oakland A's. Like nobody nobody wants this to happen. So um, I don't know. Uh, I did hear on a podcast that the A's have played in Vegas before. They played six games to start the 1996 season, I believe. Um, I don't remember what the reason was, but the call team wasn't available. So they went down to, to Vegas, um, played in like a 9,000 seat stadium and, uh, it didn't go well. So they, they, they lost a bunch of, you know, they sold, sold up. I think they sold out a couple of those games, but again, it's only 9,000 seats. I mean, they're still pulling roughly 5,000 in the Coliseum, even if it doesn't look that way. But uh, I guess those season ticket numbers will help prop that up a little bit. Uh, it's just truly remarkable to see just the level of, I guess just how obvious it was that this has been their plan the whole time. Like they really haven't been hiding it and, even the commissioner of baseball is like, I feel bad for A's fans, but let's look forward to Vegas. And it's like, no, see, you're even kind of admitting like that this is this is a little screwy from from the jump and and has been and um, yeah, as as I think we talked about before the podcast, not official that they are leaving, but they have have signed a uh, binding or pending land lease just west of the Strip um, and the the initial. The initial thought was a stadium in 2027, So who knows when that means <laughs> they actually leave Oakland. Um, who knows what they do in the meantime. I assume they'll play with their triple a team in Vegas in that stadium. Um, the stadium they played in in 1996 is no longer a baseball stadium <laughs> from what I heard from the rest of the, uh, the podcast episode I was listening to. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you have some experience with the owner, given that you're uh, you're more of an earthquakes fan. Does it does it feel like the earthquakes are, are on the move for uh, potentially a new home here anytime soon? Because that seems to be John Fisher's motive.
1: I think they'll Motif. Burn, I, I think they'll hunt that guy down if that happens. I mean, this season with the earthquakes are not talking about him as much because they're doing well, and this whole controversy with the A's. You know, there's no. It, Baseball, you don't talk about it on the MLS shows. They don't care. Um, but this year they're doing well, so he's less on the hot seat. Um, but I, I just – this paint kind of pains me. I mean, I used to drive up to Oakland and go to the games in college, and for five bucks you could sit in the bleachers, and it was beautiful weather. It was warm, unlike Candlestick. I realize that's dating me because <laughs> Candlestick was – you could be – one row into the shade at candlestick and freeze and the people in front of you were in shorts and a t-shirt it was unbelievable that place and you just didn't get that at the coliseum and then they wrecked it with all that boxes stuff in the outfield um but yeah i I will i'll never forget driving up there and five bucks got you in the in the door for the for a a bleacher seat and it's a good time. So you know, obviously yeah, those and, days and, are long gone, but who knows?
0: I mean, we gotta what what's the phrase? We gotta we gotta call a snake a snake. Is that is that it? We gotta uh the Coliseum's a dump. Let's let's be honest. Let's just get that out. That's they need a new place to play, whether it was renovating the college renovating the Coliseum, whether it was the Howard Terminal Project, which, you know, never seemed to have too much steam, but I guess did there at one point. I mean, this has been almost a decade long saga since they bought the team and I believe it was 2014 um, or 2015. So it's been, unfortunately it's been coming for, like I said, almost a decade and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, The Coliseum, you know, all the, the possums that are guarding uh, (laughs) rooms because they've made nests on the ceiling or the, the sewage leaks in the opposing locker rooms. I mean, the Coliseum was, was on its way out for sure. But uh, as you said, there's, there's almost no no better entertainment than finding a five to fifteen dollar ticket to pretty much sit wherever you want uh, in the coliseum and um, you know enjoy enjoy at least what at one point was a competent pro baseball team before the owner you know decided to uh, dice it up into little <laughs> little bits of nothing and and just leave it on the on the side of the road.
1: And if if you're anybody that's ever taken Bart down there and gone to the Coliseum, it's so convenient and so easy. And yeah. I, I just look at all this and go, you have an automatic way for people to easily get there. They all understand how to get on BART somewhere down the line and get there and w- literally walk off the BART train uh, into the stadium. It's it's like a hundred yards and you're in the stadium. And I, I've been to events in Vegas my kids and wife just went to an event in Vegas and you know they're walking 2 miles to get from the hotel to the to the to Allegiant I just it just baffles me that you have this potential and they're just they're just playing difficult
0: yeah you mentioned yeah well i mean we'll see um but i the column I read by Tim Kalakami in the Athletic, you know, was saying about how John Fisher has said a lot of things in the past and then and then pulled out, and his his word may not mean a whole lot at the moment. So uh, nothing is official yet, but it sure it sure looks like this uh, this saga is closing with with the with Oakland losing its last major professional sports team. No no offense to the roots, but the USL isn't isn't quite at the the major. Uh, well, pro 4 sports and, yet, but Warriors, Raiders, and
1: the Roots are even struggling with yeah. a place to play. So that's the frustrating thing about you know the Bay Area. You think about all these colleges that are there and all these potential places, and then you get a team like the Roots that are struggling for a place to play, and they're they're a good side. I guess if we all had more money, we could just go build a stadium, whatever, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. It's uh. Fortunately, it's dictated by those with with the billions, even if that billion wasn't earned by him at all. Uh, it's all handed down. So um, you know, I won't <laughs> won't subject anybody too much to my my views on that. But uh, yeah, it's it's just sad. I don't want to I don't want to diverge too much from uh, from I guess the topic of the podcast here. But uh, just just a bummer, and the the owners or Fisher will try to skew it as. You know the A's won't be missed, and that's that's just false. Uh, there was a video floating around Instagram the other day, of, uh I think it was Chad Balfour. It was Chad was his first name. I'm not sure. Balfour definitely, but comes into this like hard rock uh, out of the uh, you know coming in to close the game out of the bullpen, just hard heavy rock and roll, and every crowd shot they pan to. in, this is like 2015, 2016. That place is bumping and and to think it dwindled to, you know, <laughs> I think like there was a game last year where they had, like, 2,000 fans. So in, in, like, a half decade, it's just just hard to
1: see. Uh, um, and, well, and the fans are starting to vote with their dollars. Um, it's happening at, with the LA Galaxy down in LA. They're pissed off at the general manager, so they're boycotting the games. A's are doing the same thing. And, you know, the A's are it seems a little bit more malicious on the part of the owner, he just doesn't care. Uh,
0: I was gonna say, they, unfortunately, the owner wanted them to boycott say right, right. because then he's got, that's his perfect excuse, well, nobody here cares, so yeah. we can we can take them somewhere else. It's uh, Fortunately, it was kind of a lose-lose, um, but that's what happens when you put a guy in charge who is dead set on, on moving a franchise. Uh, real quickly, before we get out of here, I realized I did not touch on uh, the Sacramento Meet of Champions that I said I was going to hear from from our local sports scene. I think the one we got to lead with is, of course, uh, Carson freshman Hannah Budd, who was second in the 3200 uh, in 11 minutes and 20 seconds. He was less than two-tenths of a second off of winning the event there. Um, that, of course, was a personal record for her. So pretty impressive stuff there. Ginny Ponksock was eighth in 1134. Excuse me, she was seventh in 1134 in that same 3200 uh, on the boys side of the 3,200 Sawyer Macy set a new PR taking 11th out of 28 runners in 9:46.69. 69. Uh, real quickly, Jeff, do you think you'd stand any chance at running two miles in under 10 minutes? <laughs> that's not even, f-
1: that's, that's so absurd. It's not even funny.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't come close. All right. Over on the, uh, Douglas side of things. Um, AJ Thurston was 18th in the 200 in 22.69. That was not a new PR for him, but a feature story in this Saturday's RC about this past Saturday's RC about uh, his his season and how he's built up to being one of the top sprinters in Northern Nevada. Um, Jackson Davis competed in the 1600, where he took 12th in 4 minutes and 34 seconds. Couple of competitors for the Tigers in the high jump. Uh, Bliss Moody and Logan Karwoski both cleared four eleven. There, uh, Moody was in the invitational portion. Karwoski was in the uh, open portion. So Moody was fourth. Karwoski was eighth. There, Moody was also fifth in the long jump, uh, clearing seventeen feet. Uh, and then Elizabeth Knighting, set a PR in the triple jump, hitting the Sam, at just over thirty-four feet. At thirty-four feet and one inch there. So I, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the, the California schools competing in this, but there's, there's just enough names. And obviously there's the thing about track is it's a time. That's the only thing that, that gets you in. So um, it's definitely, you know, the best of the best from Nevada, California. I think there was, might've been a couple of Oregon schools sneak into there as well. So um, congrats to to those results then to those uh, athletes for making it. And, um, yeah, that's cool. I'm sure there'll be more, more coming on the track and field side. We'll see how, how things shake out there because I know Carson and Douglas have both been at the top of uh, team point standings in a lot of the recent events. So, um, you know, as we get into regionals, we'll see how those, those shake out. It's a little different than uh, cross country, but um, lots, of, lots of good competitors in multiple different events. Jeff, I think that's all I got for Episode 74, unless there's anything else you wanted to add. Um, otherwise... Uh, that's going to do it for me. Sounds good. All right. And be sure to check out Play It Against Sports in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can find them online at www.playitagainstsports.com. As always, check out instaimage.com. Be sure to buy those photos from Jeff. They're all fantastic. All of them. Every single one. Not a bad one in on the website. So uh, take a look there, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Take it easy.